Welcome to the Date With Sense podcast. This is the place you come to have a fun, fruitful, and forward-moving dating experience towards marriage, or whatever your desired romantic constellation. I am your host, Taurus Sense, and I am here to help you, as a high-achieving woman of faith, attract quality marriage-minded men and confidently date for the romantic partnership you desire. And on this podcast, I'll be sharing my best practical tips, tools, and advice on how to transform your love life from the inside out so that you attract the best men and have the best dating experiences. You're already well-educated and well-paid. Now is the time for you to also be well-loved. Hello, queen. Welcome back to the Date With Sense podcast. I hope your week has been fun, fruitful, and filled with joy. And I also hope you've been on a date or two with a high quality man or a few. (laughs) Anywho, I am excited for today's episode because it's my first interview episode ever. I know when I started this podcast that I wanted to interview a variety of queens who are dating high quality men and have created amazing love lives for themselves. And this was such a desire of mine because I wanted my listeners to hear from women who were single moms, who are plus sized, who live in small towns, who travel heavily who were in heavily masculine careers, who were non-monogamous, who were over 35, 45, 55 years old, and were also attracting high quality men who provide, protect, and pursue them for marriage or long-term commitment. And today, I am pleased to present an interview with Rashonda Banks, who is also a C2C success coach in my Curve to Cuff program, and she specializes in building armies of men who provide, protect, and build for her and helping plus-size women like herself step into their power to achieve this for themselves. And so guys, like we had a lot of fun in this interview, and it is my hope that you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. So without further ado, I present to you Plus Size Dating with Rashonda Banks. Hey, Rashonda, I am so glad that you decided to come to the podcast. You are my first guest ever. How does that feel? <laughs> well, I'm very honored. So thank you for allowing me to be your first guest. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have this discussion with you today. I've been wanting to have this discussion with you for so long, especially considering how embodied you are in this work, how much passion you have when it comes to dating and your love life and and helping others and how much you are an inspiration. So just to have you here in the interview space with me is absolutely everything. And I just want to thank you for sliding through. And I also want to shout you out for how amazing you look today. Like if you're just listening to the podcast, you're not not like watching it because we have some video, might share some clips, but this queen has on her own lip line. Her lips are popping, her lipstick line. She has some crazy dope frames on her face and her outfit is on point. She just looks like a beauty queen. So tell them about the lip girl. Yes, yes, yes. So this color I have on is called Baddie. It is vegan, matte, and all of my products are also vegan and matte. Vegan, I'm sorry. Um, www.lux11beauty.com is where you can find it. So if you'd like to um, shop and support a small business and lipstick, uh, she definitely has some dope lipstick lines. But the people came for the dating stuff. So this podcast is going to be about plus size and dating. So if you are listening to this and you consider yourself plus sized and you have been concerned about, oh, could I attract quality men or, oh, will the men want me? This episode is for you. And if you're not plus size, 
there are some other insecurities that might be going on. I pray that this episode is a blessing to you and inspiring because Roshana is about to drop some major jewels on you, some major gems. So, so uh, keep listening in. But Roshana, let's just go ahead, jump head first. As you come here today, currently living the love life that you live, describe your love life in three words. Hmm. I would say fun, healing, and very magical. Mm. Ooh, that's good, Rashonda. That's good. Fun, healing, and magical. Um, give us some background on that. Sure. So um, my journey started, oh gosh, like most of high achieving women definitely was raised in a very religious household, the whole good girl thing. Um, I was a virgin until I got married. So I really was not taught how to date. I was not taught how to select men. So I discovered your teaching on Facebook some years back. And I was like, wow, well, let me see about this. But by this time I'm already divorced. My marriage crumbled which is something I never expected because I thought if I did the right things, if I waited until I got married to have sex, it was guaranteed to yield me a lifelong, healthy, happy marriage. But I was wrong. As a result of that trauma, I really felt very broken, very confused. I really didn't know where to start. So when I found your teachings, I was like, oh gosh, this resonates with me. So through my work with C2C as a student, now a coach, that's where the healing comes from. And then the fun and then the magical, it's all intertwined. Mm, I absolutely love that. So going back to what you mentioned about getting married, being the good girl, doing everything right. How shocked were you when things fell apart? I was absolutely atomic bomb (laughs) shocked. I didn't know it was a possibility. I know that sounds really weird, but in my brain, if I did the right thing, if I just stayed a virgin, it was a guarantee. I don't know where I, I know where the idea came from, but it's just unfortunate that so many of us hold that to be true. So when it came unraveling, I'm like, well, shoot, what do I do now? I didn't know how to date. I pretty much married the first man who was decent, who didn't beat women, who was not addicted to drugs, who had a career. That's all I knew. So I never dated anybody before him. He was my first love. So I was clueless when it, when it was time to divorce. I had absolutely no idea what to do. And I can only imagine like the fear, possible anxiety, maybe overwhelm, like I'm divorced. I've never dated before. This is the only man that I've really, really known. So take us back. Take us back in that moment. Everything happened. Marriage is over and you realize something went wrong. I need to figure this out and I want to find love for myself that actually works. Take us to that moment. What were you thinking and how did you proceed? Yeah. So going back to that moment, um, as you said earlier, I was just very afraid, confused. I remember sitting in my apartment. I had never lived by myself. Let me say this. I was divorced at 33. I had never lived by myself. I went from college back home and then I got married. So it was a double whammy. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I remember sitting on the floor one day and I just remember crying like, this cannot be my life. Like, what is this? Where did I go wrong? Like, I did everything right. Like, are you kidding me? So then I got heavily more into my spiritual journey. I started meditating, things of that nature. So I would ask for guidance. And so literally I would, you know, meditate on certain things and I kept getting hits. Oh, this is what you do next. This is what you do next, which led me to your teaching. So just me tapping into my own uh, inner guidance was huge for me. And I saw a video that you did and I was like, wow. And then I sent an email because you said you had a 12 week mentorship and it started from there. I have no idea how it happened. It just seemed like it just was destined to be, which I'm a strong believer in that. But um, 
All I remember is when I first got divorced, that first year, I said, I just want to go on three dates. I really didn't think that I could attract men. I had never dated. I struggled so much before I got married trying to date men. So I figured, oh, well, maybe I'll never be able to date again. So all I wanted to do was go on three dates. That's it. Three. Oh, my gosh. So what happened about when it came to the three dates? Were you able to get them right off the bat? Um, no, <laughs> I was not able to get them right off the back because once again, I'm clueless. I don't know what I'm doing. My confidence was in the gutter. I mean, you know, just imagine going from a married woman and, you know, married women, of course, especially when you look up to that title, it's, it's something that you really, really love to be. And I had no clue. So what started happening, uh, you know, guys would approach me. I didn't know how to vet them. I was just like, okay, he's cute. Let me just see. And I would go out on a date. And thank God I've never had any horrible, horrible experiences, but they were definitely not in alignment. And I was like, oh, this is definitely not going to work. So once again, started tapping into my own inner guidance and was led to your teachings. But I had no clue of how to even look for a decent guy besides the basics. I knew he needed to have a job. I knew he didn't uh, beat women. I mean, but other than that, I had no clue. <laughs> she said, look, <laughs> he got a job. He don't beat on people. <laughs> he, might, no. he might be the one. <laughs> he might be. might be. That's what I thought back then. I was like, let's go. So, so one of the That's things, one of the things that um, women who are in you know, new to the dating world, they want to date and they're having trouble. One thing that I realized is that they're dealing with insecurities. They start off with some insecurities. Mm -hmm. So at that time, when you're out there, you're putting yourself out there. Like, what are some of like the biggest insecurities that you had that probably, you know, kind of stifled your, your dating journey a little bit? Yeah, definitely my weight. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I've never been thin. But once I got married, you know, you're thinking, OK, well, shoot, I'm done looking for a man. He know what he's getting into. So it was <laughs> it was not like a, a huge issue. That's was something that he liked. So it wasn't a big deal. But after my divorce, I gained a significant amount of weight. So on top of my already lack of confidence, it just piled on on one another. So my weight was definitely an issue. And I just didn't have confidence to embody being a woman. I know that sounds really weird, but I just was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no, no idea. I had no sex appeal. I couldn't flirt, couldn't do any of that. So I was just basically starting at ground zero, even though I'd already been married. It, it's strange, but it's the truth. It's not strange. It's actually more common than you think. Um, but I'm sitting here like all the way wild. Because I can't even imagine you being that woman because you are so effortlessly smooth, so effortlessly um, when it comes to dropping experiences on men and men just like falling over you. So it's just like just hearing you like revisit that. <laughs> it's insane. Hey, I was taught by the best. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the weight. Why was weight an insecurity for you? Whew, goodness. To be honest, when I think back on it, the story that I provided myself was that's why he, you know, the marriage didn't work. That was the story. So going into a newly single situation, in my head, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll never find anybody. Like the person who was supposed to love me didn't do what they said they was going to do. How in the world am I ever going to? you know, find somebody. So it just was a very dark place, a very dark place. And on, on top of this, I've never said this publicly, but I also suffer from alopecia. So that's something that he knew about me as well. So I felt like I had two strikes against me. And I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to ever date? Like, this is crazy. Mm. Mm. So we have the, the weight being an insecurity because you're like, hey, well, will men even want me? And then on top of that, the alopecia. So you have these this combination. Thank you for sharing that. And it it takes me back to a lot of times when we have like cufflinks coming to the the curve to cuff program. 
a lot of times what holds them up from joining at first is because they're like, I got to lose the weight first. I got to lose the weight first. There's a lot of insecurities in uh, around the weight and misconceptions around the weight. So as a plus size woman, like what are some misconceptions that people have about plus size women? Ooh, that's a good one. The most common misconceptions I hear is that, oh, they give men money. They give men their tax returns. I, I was blown away when I started seeing those memes. They have to pay for dates. All they're good for is sex. Those are the most common things. Like if you go through TikTok and hear people talking about it, that's what you hear all the time. And how did those misconceptions affect you while you were dating? Well, I think for me, I held it in the back of my head like, well, I know I'm not giving no man no money. So, I mean, so I didn't really know how that was going to affect me. I was just like, all I could do is be myself. But that's really the word on the street is that that's what happens to get a man. So I was like, OK, well, I'll probably never get one if they expected me to pay. It's just not going to work. So <laughs> holding that in the back of my head was a big it was like a big monkey on my back because I'm like how do I do this? Like if they talking about big girls got to give you money, it's just not happening. And I've met some women who have done those things. I've heard about it. It is true for some people, but it doesn't, it's not true for everybody. So I just want to let everybody know that it does not have to be your story. Mm. And what are some misconceptions that plus size women have about themselves when it comes to dating? Mm. That men don't want them. Um, that they're not good enough to date or they're not worthy. Worthiness is the word I really want to harp on because I hear that so much just, you know, being a coach now and then just, you know, talking to women on the day to day, the worthiness thing is huge. And these women are beautiful women, a lot of times successful women, but they still feel like, oh, well, I got to lose a hundred pounds, whatever they're trying to lose in order to even get a decent guy. Girl, um, that is so unfortunate that those are the insecurities and misconceptions that, again, beautiful women, talented women, and to think that they don't have the capacity for this. But we look at you, Rashonda, plus-sized, beautiful, bold, amazing, talented, and you are enjoying high-quality men. You are enjoying a life full of love. You are enjoying an army of high quality men who provide, protect, and build for you, who are pursuing you for marriage. Men who are looking to lock you down after first saying they ain't looking for no relationship. This is what you have to experience. You have choices. You have the options. And so people are probably listening to the podcast like, okay, we hear that. What is the, what was the turning point for you, Rashana, that took you from, I don't know what to do. I'm out here. People saying big girls got to pay. <laughs> they can't attract good men. I'm trying to figure this out for myself to who you are now, how you're showing up now. What's the turning point? Wow. So definitely when I got that email from you, um, basically saying, if you want to learn more about the mentorship, sign up. So some kind of way we got on a call. We got on a call. And I remember in that, that call, you basically brought everything down. And I was like, is this really possible? Like the, the way you worded it for me, I was like, I don't know if this is possible, but I really like what she's talking about. And you said, how would you how would you want to see your love life? I think it was in either a year or five years. I can't remember exactly um, the time frame, but that really gave me hope that I really didn't have because I was like, the way it's going now, I'm going to be sitting here looking crazy. So that conversation was what did it. That was the catalyst. And so from there, I even remember this. I don't know if I told you that. So when, when I was accepted into the program, I just sat at that link and I'm like, oh my God, do I want to do this? How do I know I'm equipped to do this? What am I going to do with this? So I sat on it for some hours like, okay, I want to do this, but am I even going to be successful at it? So then I paid <laughs> and then I joined the program and being in C2C was, was really the rocket. 
I don't know. It, it ignited something in me that I don't even didn't even know that I had. That's the only way that I can describe it. Mm. I was actually going to ask you, like, what were your doubts? What were your like biggest fears? I don't know if you wanted to go deeper into that, like of of doing this. Yeah, I think the biggest fear with most successful women is just the fear of failure. Like, I think I was so fixated on, okay, I just want a husband by this particular time. My fear was, okay, well, I'm not going to, what if I don't get a husband by this time? Will I be wasting my money? Would I be wasting my time? But I remember telling you maybe three to four weeks in the program in C2C, I said, you know what? This is really about me. This is really not about a husband. And then that's when the transformation happened. I was like, this has been about me the whole freaking time. Like I was the person that I was looking for, but I kept putting it on a man, on a husband, on somebody who really could leave me whenever they want to. So having that transformation of realizing that I'm my first rescue. Mm. I am so proud of you, Rashonda, and everything that you've achieved. And I'm always in awe when you go back and you share things like that. Because again, I just can't imagine you in that place. And when you joined C2C and, and you were on camera for the first time, you looked so doe-eyed like a deer in headlights. I was like, look at this little baby here. She's new. And you were quiet and you didn't really you know, say too much. But when I tell you, you were powerful, how you showed up each and every week and you implemented and you showed up for yourself. We talk a lot and you as a coach right now in C2C, like you're a coach now. And as a coach, like, you know, we talk a lot in C2C about transforming and becoming the 2.0 version of yourself, that triple threat success woman. So like, at what point in time did you like, know I'm a different woman? Like what, like, how did you know you were like a different woman? I would say, and I hate to put this on things, but this is when I knew something was different because this was unusual for me. I, I had a birthday during C2C and I remember I had so many guys that um, I was entertaining fully like show up for me. It almost scared me because I'm like, what are these people doing? Like, I mean, I mean, I got all types of gifts, all types of cash apps. I'm talking, I think I got $500 cash app. This is, a. I was maybe only a six weeks into C2C. This has never happened to me, y'all, by the way. This never happened. So I was like, this is strange. So on my birthday, uh, one of the gentlemen I was dating was like, I want to take you out for your birthday. And he booked me in advance by a month. I'll never forget. He was like, you know, make sure that I can take you out on your day. So I let him take me out. And where we went was a restaurant and it had a shopping center behind it. So after we finished eating, he was like, let's go to the shopping center. And he was like, you can have whatever you want. And I was like, what? I was scared. I was like, what? So I was modest, y'all, because I was new to this. And so I think I got like a shirt, some jeans, some shoes and a purse. I was like scared. And he was like, you know, seriously, you can get whatever you want. So in addition to this, he had had a custom made photo of the constellations with my name in it. This man really prepared. This was not somebody I was in a relationship with, y'all. This was just a man I was casually dating. So I said to myself, well, maybe this is just a fluke. Maybe this just because it's my birthday that they really want to show up for me. I was just absolutely blown away because nothing like that, even as a married woman, my husband had never done things like that for me. So this is how I knew something was different. That was, that was the game changer for me. Mm, girl. And listen, when we been at C2C group chat, that um, the team tour group chat, it's the norm to hear stuff like that from you now. Like again, so when you go back and you talk about the past, I'd be like, who, Harpo, who is this woman? Who is she? <laughs> so you have done so much. You transformed into this woman who we all know today, the queen, right? At creating these experiences for men in this way. Can you tell the people what men love about you, Rashonda? Man, you know, the one thing that I hear the most is they feel extremely safe and free to be themselves around me. 
my goal anytime I interact with a new man is to create an experience, to create a good experience. I don't go in it with trying to get anything from them. I try to just make them feel comfortable, make them feel appreciated. Appreciation is probably my top thing. They love that. And I'm not being manipulative. This is just who I am. I want to create an experience for them, even if we just turn out to be friends. Mm, I I love it. I know. I remember uh, there was a screenshot that you shared during the C2C coach takeover on Instagram and you called one of the men Superman. And you could tell it lit him all the way up. Like he was ready to risk it all. <laughs> and of course, it wasn't just the fact that you called him Superman. It was the experience combined with how you cared for him and how you made him feel seen, heard, and understood. Um, I do want you to touch on that because you actually do a great job at this when you realize that a man is not operating at your level of expectation or standard, even though he may not be showing up in that way, you still make him feel seen, heard, and understood when you're sharing your grievances and how you feel. And let's talk about how you uh, were able to get to that point and, and, and what that looks for you like for you now. Okay. So definitely this is going to tie back to to your teachings in C2C about knowing what our core values are. So for me, once I identified how I wanted to be treated, what I wanted to experience, it makes it so much easier to identify who's not in alignment. So anytime I do have that experience with a guy who may not be, let's just say, uh, keeping his word or running late, I always handle it with care. First of all, I don't really know all the, the the back end of what's going on in his life. Men don't always tell you the full story. So I never come in with it preconceived notions. I never come in with talking crazy. I always say, hey, well, you know, you said you were going to show up at seven. It's 710. This is the second time this has happened. You know, just help me, you know, understand what's something going on. I really want to be, you know, understand. So I allow them to tell me first before I come in with mine. So once they say, and if it's like, oh, well, you know, I just got caught up. Well, if you want to entertain me, I have an expectation that you will respect my time. Do you feel like that's something you can do? Nine times out of 10, they're like, okay, I got you. I got you. I always handle them with care. I always handle the situation to where I know men have a lot on their plate. They're working, especially high quality men. They have jobs, they have businesses, they probably have children. So I always want to give them the opportunity to say what it is. And then that allows me to come back with my um, with my statement. So they've all been appreciative. Anytime I quote unquote, uh, I don't want to use the term correct, but that's all I can think of right now. Um, anytime I try to redirect the situation, they're usually like, well, dang, you definitely, you know, know how to state what you want. And you do it in a way that's so, you know, so kind to where what, what can you say? Mm. And if you don't want to use the word correct, adjust. You do great at adjusting the men that date you. And I remember when you first brought it up to me in the program, like this man was late. (laughs) I actually tell the story quite a bit, like the man was late and you had never really kind of called out men before. And you like you mustered up the courage. And you spoke up. And I think that was like a turning point for you to be like, this man was like, okay, all right, won't happen again. And you continue to do it over and over again until you like mastered it. So I'm so proud of you to see what you've done so far. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the men that you do that with. I'm just put that out there. I mentioned on Clubhouse the other day that I feel very seen by Rashonda. (laughs) I feel very seen, heard, and understood. So I know when it comes to the men, she sees right through them and they feel it. She helps them feel understood because whenever Roshana's talking to me or we having conversations, I feel it from her. And it, it does make me feel valued. It makes me feel important. She does a very, very good job at that. So I know she's killing it with the men. Um, so yeah. So one of the things that you have, you have some non-negotiables. When it comes to dating, some some non-negotiables that you've developed 
um, on your journey. And one of the non-negotiables that you have is that you only entertain men who adore you. So tell us more about that and what that means. Yeah. So um, to piggyback on what I was saying earlier, um, the plus size dating experience is unique. And there are so many different things, of course, um, especially when you know you're coming in with that. And most of us women who have a little extra weight, we've dealt with some things in our past. So I don't date or deal with men who are on the fence about me. And I think everyone that's listening will know exactly what that is. I don't think I have to go too deep in that. But when you have to wonder a question or quote unquote chase or guess, that's not absolutely adoring you. Um, The men who I entertain, they're pretty clear. They're pretty persistent in their pursuit. They show it whatever love language of their their choosing that I've told them that I have and they verbalize it. That's my preferred method of man that I date. I don't give time to men who just don't show up in that way just because of just I know my personal history and I just want to make sure that who I'm entertaining is really there for me. And when did you realize that this was going to become a non-negotiable for you? I would definitely say during C2C for sure. Um, When I was going through the program, listening to your work and I'm like, oh, wow, I can do that. I can expect that. I didn't know I could expect those things. So little by little, of course, I didn't know 100 percent. And sometimes you're you're scared to say things to men. Sometimes you're afraid to confront an issue, even if you're doing it in a loving way, because a lot of times we fear the rejection. But I have a motto. It's either them or me. So meaning I have to show up for Rashonda before I can show up for them. So that is a non-negotiable as well. I have to show up for myself. So once I figured that out, it became so much easier. Mm, 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 mm. And I'm sure that has allowed you to save a lot of time, save a lot of energy and be able to like show up as your best because you're not scraping for crumbs and then having resentment that people are giving you crumbs. Exactly. Okay. So... Let's talk about these high quality men, because a lot of times high quality men are busy. They have a lot going on. So how do you navigate dating high quality men that are busy and have a lot going on? That's such a good question. I think the key is one. I think you mentioned this the other day, already knowing that you're worthy. So once you already know you're worthy, I try to stay very grounded. I mean, we're human. Sometimes if you get anxious, there are certain things that you can do to to bring yourself down. But for the most part, being grounded, um, knowing that I'm worthy as to whether whatever they do. And then I have choices. I can always go back out there and recreate the experience. But um, typically what happens is these men usually will ask, what's my preferred way of communicating, the frequency, et cetera. So usually we establish these things up front um, or either that may be a conversation that I have. That way we're on the same page. I feel like I'm not seeking validation to be called every day. That's, a, that's another big thing. I don't need to be I don't need to talk to you on the phone every day. Um, a high quality man is usually trying to run his business you know, do things in his career. Now it's fine if you guys decide to talk whatever frequency that you talk. But for me personally, that's not something I require. I require quality over quantity. So when we do connect, I want it to be worth something. I want us to really be touching on something. And like you said, when you connect in the date, that's when it really is supposed to happen. But I think a lot of women utilize daily phone calls, daily texts as measuring sticks of how much a man is interested. And I learned, I, I figured out quickly that that's not the case. A, a man can call and text you every day and they just there to manipulate. So how does that correlate? I, I remember um, just a few minutes ago when we were talking about like men who adore you. So those that are listening, when you say things like that, like adore, they're probably thinking like, oh, he's not adoring me if he's not calling me every day. He's not adoring me if he's not texting me every day. What does adoration look like to you? If we know if for you, it's not daily text and daily phone calls. Good, good, good. That's a good one. So adoration for me definitely means 
doing what he says he's going to do. Now, that doesn't have to be every day, but whatever he says he's going to do is that he does it. Or if he cannot do it, he says that he can't do it. It could be as simple as whatever type of follow through that we had um, set up. Also, um, adoring me in the way in which whatever my love language of my choosing is, which mine is gifts. Mine is also words of affirmation to at times. Um, so a man who really listens, who wants to make me happy. So I found that if you create the bomb experience, and I know we're not talking about that today, but um, creating the bomb experience makes the adoration effortlessly effortless with a man who wants you in that way. You open up the floodgates by creating safety, creating a sense of freedom, and just allowing that man to show up. And once they know what you want, they're like, oh man, this woman, this woman is on her stuff. She's not how what what do you want? What, what do you need? It happens every time. So my advice to women is chill out. Let them show you what they're gonna do. But the whole point of this is to have yourself so grounded that you're not chasing them or, you know, sitting by the phone waiting for them to call. That's that's not the point. So what you've shared is a huge mindset shift to anyone that like listens to that and like takes it in. Huge mindset shift. We go from, okay, it's not about the daily phone calls, the daily texts. It's really about, is he consistently showing up the way that he, the man that he is consistently? And is he loving you? the way you desire to be loved whenever he, whenever he uh, is present. I'd like to ask you, what was one of your like biggest mindset shifts on your journey that completely turned things around for you and had you getting when, 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 when? I know this is going to sound simple, but this goes back to what I said earlier just knowing that I was worthy of the experience was the big, that was probably 80% of it. Like the rest is just icing on the cake, but I didn't have that sense of worthiness. So once I was like, well, shoot, I'm worthy. It just was, it just became natural after that. So I know that there are some women listening to this plus size women. They're like, I hear you, Rashonda. Worthy. Okay. I understand that logically. How do I step into my words? And start attracting these types of men and have these types of experiences. Yeah. So definitely joining Curve to Cuff was the catalyst. Like I keep saying, it was the rocket ship that took me from 1.0 to 2.0 Rashonda. Um, And it was the program that I didn't even know I needed. I had never heard of it, but I didn't know that I needed it. So once I went through the program and I developed more confidence, um, And it's not easy to develop confidence when you've been battling weight issues. You recently went through a divorce. And so I had to develop a lot of self-loving behaviors. So when I was going through C2C, part of my accountability was, okay, y'all, I'm going to join Weight Watchers this week. Please help me stay accountable. That was the first program that I did was Weight Watchers because I knew I needed to lose weight. And I want to say this, the weight loss was not is not necessarily for a man for me. It was because if I love myself, if I feel like I'm worthy, I need to show up in a way so that other people can see that too. It's not about being skinny. I'll never be thin. It's just not in my DNA. But um, once I embodied the fact that I deserve to take care of my body, how can I ask somebody else to take care of me when I'm over here doing stuff I'm not supposed to be doing with my body. So it starts with yourself. It starts with your own temple and your own mind. Um, Also consistently working on my mindset. So after C2C, I started um, learning different types of things, different types of techniques, different things to take my personal growth and development to the next level. So it just started something and I just kept going. I try to create the energy to love my life and love what I'm doing. So that only means, once again, dating people who adore me, being around women who support me, um, switching careers when I feel like it's no longer aligned for me. I'm not afraid to make any changes. And that is the one thing that my family is like, girl, you are crazy. I am not scared to do any of that. Because at the end of the day, we can always shift. We can always pivot. You're never stuck. Just do what you got to do. So I always try to create that energy as well. 
And like I said, um, taking care of my mental and physical well-being, which is also tied into my exercise, because, of course, producing those those happy hormones is important. So basically what I'm hearing this theme, even if you never join C2C, right, C2, like if you decide that you want to be worthy, it is going to start with you just making the decision to treat yourself worthy, even if you have trouble believing that other people think that you're worthy. Practice teaching, treating yourself worthy. And one of the things that Rashonda mentioned is she enrolled into Weight Watchers. That doesn't have to be something you do, but that was her way of recognizing I'm worthy. I'm worthy of eating healthier, feeling healthier, feeling stronger, putting better foods in my body. So ask yourself, like, what can I do to start whatever worthiness journey I'm on? But it it really is going to start with you. And you could be listening. One thing that you start or could start is keeping your promises to yourself. Is if you make a promise, keep the promise to yourself. Because a lot of times we love, love to do for other people. And we don't do for ourselves. Love People love us, but they don't respect us. We give and we don't get back. One way to start your worthiness journey is to make commitments to yourself keep those commitments the same way we try to keep the commitments we have for other people. So I just want to put that out there right quick <laughs> in case people, people like, I'm not ready for C2C. I don't have the money for C2C. That's not what we're saying. But the theme is of what she said was the worthiness journey. So thank you for sharing that so much, Rashonda. Huge no problem. Huge, huge, huge. So let's, I remember, you know, you worthiness. I think a big part of not falling into like the stereotypes when it comes to plus size women is, is the worthiness of you that, you know, I'm too worthy to be paying for these meals. I'm too worthy to be giving you my tax return. Right. And then when you are worthy, you put in boundaries. So let's talk about your boundaries, Rashonda, and how they have been, how you have, um, created them, communicated them and executed them so that you continue to have the love that you desire in your life. Right, right. Well, boundaries are huge. And what I've learned is as I go on this journey, new ones come about. Like when I experience new situations, I'm like, well, hold on. I've never experienced that. That is a boundary I have to put in place. But boundaries just as simple as I've had girlfriends say, well, how do you get, you know, get taken out on dates? Because I do not settle for anything less than that. So if you are okay with house dates, and I'm not saying I have no judgment on people that do that, but that's not something that I'm going to do if I'm getting to know a man. Now, if we're committed or something, that's different. But I don't do house dates. um, So I definitely want to be treated a certain kind of way. That's definitely a boundary. Um, I'll say another boundary is not allowing them to steer what you're going to do. So, for example, I had a guy um, that was basically like, OK, so this is what we're going to do. And then we're going to stay in a hotel on this date and this date. I said, baby, where you get that from? I didn't ever tell you I was going to no hotel with you. So. Some people will go along with it because they don't want to rock the boat. This dude was a um, this dude was a civil engineer. Very successful, used to calling the shots. So in his mind, he thinking, okay, let me just tell her what we're going to do. I said, well, I appreciate the forethought. I said, but I don't feel comfortable for that. So I definitely cannot agree to anything like that. Guess what he said? Oh, okay, no problem. I understand. Sometimes all you have to say is the word. I don't, that don't work for me. And that is okay. As I said earlier, it's got to be me or them. And I have to choose myself first every time. So just not anything that you that's not a full body. Yes. As you say, um, um, Tora, then to me, it's almost a hell no. (laughs) Come on, preach, Rashonda. And we we recently got a whiff of that, a big whiff of that in the team Tora chat. One of the things that we talk a lot about is when we're when we're dating men we know how to walk away from nice things okay quality men dating quality men is the standard that is a standard we're not dating men because they're quality 
or because they're not beating on us or because they are kind to us or because they flew us out or give us gifts. That's not why we keep them around. They're around because they're in alignment with core values. And we just got done talking about boundaries. And recently, Rashawn, do you want to share like how you had to walk away from a nice thing, a nice thing because of your boundaries and your non-negotiables? Right, right. So um, there was this gentleman, very attractive, y'all, very attractive, very nice. Yeah, extremely generous, high on the emotional intelligence list, consistent, what most people would say is consistent, but also gave quality experiences. So as time was going on, I'm like, okay, okay, you know, support system, everybody, everything was checking out. And once again, as I said earlier in the uh, in our interview is I do a lot of connecting with my higher self and um, meditating and things like that. Out of the blue, I got the intuitive nudge. Let's just run a background check. I don't know why that came to me, but also to put this in more perspective on how big of a walk away this was. This man was commitment ready. He um, y'all, his house was on five acres And he also owned, I think it was between either 10 to 20 properties. I can't remember the exact uh, amount, but very established man. Um, And he was getting ready to retire. He he was going to retire in two years. He said he was going to be done. He wanted him and his wife to just do what they wanted to do. So if anybody knows me, I'm all about the soft life. I'm all about, you know, um, living as with as much ease as possible. So this was hitting on a lot of my core values here. But I did the background check. And the background check came up with he had a history of family violence, um, injury to a family member. So um, going back to what we said earlier, I'm not afraid to state something. I may be a little nervous, but I'm still going to do it. So I basically said, hey, want to let you know I did a background check. This is what came up. I don't know what's going on there. I say, but that is really, really problematic for me. And it really, really, you know, uh, makes me feel some kind of way. Like, are you willing to go into that? So he did go into the story behind it, but it it still wasn't going to work for me. So I basically walked away from all of that on paper. And it's so funny when I talked to a couple of girlfriends about it, some of them said, I don't know if I would have walked away. I don't know if I would. I don't know what I would have done. So for some people, and I'm not saying what's right or wrong. You have to know your own boundaries. For me, abuse of any kind. I don't care if it's to me. I don't care if it's to an elephant. It's just I, I can't do it. That's that's an absolute <laughs> not <laughs> an elephant. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's not going to work because, um, you know, of course, people can change. But that's too big of an area. I'm precious cargo. Mm. I'm too. That's too big of an area mm. for me to take a chance on. I just cannot do that. I'm like, I live a pretty stress free life. Ain't nobody beating on me. What I look like? <laughs> I've never been through anything like that. I'm not doing that. She said, "I'm so precious cargo." So it could be cargo. ten years down the line. Exactly, I'm precious cargo. And the thing about humans. Sometimes those things don't come out until you're under lots of stress. So let's just say 10 years down the line, we married and let's just say, you know, uh, some financial stuff go down and he loses properties. And then that's when you see the abuse. I may not have ever seen it up and I couldn't take that chance. I, I, I just couldn't do it. So I would rather walk away and start over from scratch than put myself in a situation that the red flag was there from the beginning. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. We know how to walk away from nice things. Rashana had the you had the boundaries. You had the boundaries. And that became your non-negotiable. I'm unavailable for abuse of any sort, whether it's me or elephant. <laughs> exactly. And we can't do either. When you were explaining that, you mentioned the soft life. And this is what we like this is Rashonda's like liner when we're in the chat. Like when we're in the team tour chat, she said, "I'm all about that soft life." Can you tell people what that means for you? I absolutely will, but I do want to give a background of it and why this is so important to me. When I was married, um, one thing they say is spiritually, your body can pick up when you're in situations you're not supposed to be in. So physically, you may develop illnesses, etc. 
So towards the end of my marriage, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which for people who may not know, that's like an autoimmune condition that causes a lot of pain and suffering and all of that. I was almost to the point where I almost couldn't work. So anywho, when I left that marriage, I sought out a holistic healer anyway. I don't have fibromyalgia anymore. So I'm saying all that to say, as a result of that experience, I'm not trying to do any extra suffering. I have been there, done that. I feel like, once again, my worthiness, I deserve to be in a situation to where, yes, life is going to be stressful. But if it's anything additional, abuse, substance abuse, um, anything that's outside of what I'm available for, I'm just not available for it. I don't want to I don't want to be a part of anything like that. So for me, the soft life is as a single woman creating experiences for myself that I can enjoy, that I can have pleasure, where I can have freedom. Those are my core values. And when I get with a man, I want a man that promotes that within me, that encourages me to do that, that encourages me to take care of myself and not be his maid or slave. Um, So that's important for me. So I talk very upfront about this early on in the getting to know process, because that was this one guy I was talking to, and he said that he was looking for a strong, independent woman. And I said, well, baby, let me tell you right now, I'm not the one for you. (laughs) I'm not her. Am I independent? Yes, I take care of myself. I have two degrees, but baby, that ain't got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I am not operating in that function anymore in my life. I'm just not. Mm. She said, look, I ain't no strong, independent woman. I don't I don't need to be that for you, sir. I live a soft life. <laughs> a soft one. So listening to you, I'm sure people have gotten the indication that you have options. You walk away from options. You have quality men pursuing you. You have quality men providing, protecting, and building for you. Then how come you're not married? If you got so many options, you you said you were single. How come you're not married? Man, once again, you taught us we are the sun, right? So sometimes the sun just likes to have fun. And it's nothing wrong with that journey. I have been married for 10 years. As a matter of fact, I know what it's like to be a wife. That was an amazing experience while it lasted. And that is something I do want to do one day. But I cannot sacrifice myself, my dignity, my core values, my non-negotiables just to say I'm somebody's wife. To be honest, I could have been married already probably three or four times, but At the end of the day, when you know what that's really like behind the scenes, it's not a fantasy the way that people think it is. It gets real, real after you say I do. Super real. So when you have a a more realistic view of what you're getting yourself into, you can be a little bit more selective. You don't have to rush. So me personally, now that I am in that phase, you know, I'm I'm extra crystal clear about what this is supposed to look like. But I'm just not going to rush just to, to have MRS in front of my name because I've had it before and I had a real nice ring too, but I am not going to just do any old thing just to say, well, I can tell my married now. I'm not going to betray myself. And like I said, it's it's not even worth it. Mm. I remember when you came in the C2C and you were like, I came to get a husband. How did that change for you and why? Wow. Well, first of all, after that birthday experience, I said, well, well, what's going on? These men giving cash apps and it was not even, let me just say this very clear. It's not about money. It's the fact that they cared enough to show up for me in a way that I didn't even expect or anticipate. So I was intrigued. And so I thought maybe this was a one-time experience, but it has happened over and over. It's to the point now I expect, I expect it now because It's just happened so many times and I'm not even asking for these things most of the time. It's just because, once again, it goes back to them feeling safe, them feeling free to be themselves, them feeling heard, them feeling seen. It's it's a combination of all of that. So men are so, let me tell you, men are some of my favorite groups of people. Well, men are men. It's only men are women, right? (laughs) So men are so... Like when you need something from them or they see you with a need and they cut for you like that, it's pretty much a done deal if this is a decent guy. 
And you don't have to really beg when they when they like you like that. So I just have learned that, wow, all of these years before I got married and when I was married, I was settling for scraps when there are men who want to do for you. And it's no question. It just it just absolutely blew my mind that I mean, I've gotten luxury purses on first dates. I could just go on and on. But but the, the, the whole premise of this is when I realized that this is truly a journey, I wanted to experience that a little bit longer. Mm. I can, and I don't blame you. You thinking that there's security and love and marriage, and then you get to a place where all of these men are showing up for you and you don't need to be married to experience their protection. You don't need to be married to experience their provision. You don't need to be married for them to experience how they build for you. Their emotional investment, like you don't need to be married to them. Why am I rushing at this point? Right. And I can make the choice whenever I decide to make the choice. So have you decided when you wanted to put the MRS? I think we've talked about this in the team tour chat. Yeah, I'm I would really like to have it happen in 2023 or 2024. Okay. She says she's going to see if she can put that, put a little bachelorette hat on up because she's been out here frolicking in these streets. <laughs> yeah, for a couple years. But just know if I say I do, he's an amazing, amazing catch. Just know that because it's, it's that's the only way I can do it. Mm, absolutely. Love it. Love it so much. So we've heard a lot about your dating journey, your love life, how much you're winning how men show up for you, how you show up for yourself. I'd love to know like what or what are like some of your non-dating wins, right? That have come, because I know you talked about your dating wins that especially like come from coming from C2C, but like your non-dating wins. Non-dating wins. So as far as, you mean like the career transition, that oh, type of stuff? Any, yes, anything... So what are your non-dating wins that you have had once your confidence came, you stepped into worthiness? Yes. Yeah, I would say definitely one, having the guts to start a cosmetics line. And the reason why I'm going to bring that home is, you know, you're putting your looks on display for people. That's not always comfortable. So half the time, even now, I'm like, oh, what this picture look like? But at the end of the day, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's about my lipstick. I'm putting it out there. So to have the guts to start a cosmetics line um, when I'm still not at my weight loss goal, it's perfectly OK because I'm still worthy. So doing that and still pushing that two years later because that's my baby. And then having the guts to um, transition from a traditional nursing career of almost 20 years and say, you know what? Nursing is an amazing profession, but I no longer want to be in the energy of overfunctioning or overgiving and taking care of other people, unless it's a close family member or friend or something like that. But I'm 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 not available for that, as you say. I just was not. It just had weighed on me so heavily. And just like I say for men, it's either gonna be me or it. So I made the decision to trans transition careers. Um, I would also say just being okay with letting things go, whether that's be a home. I'm like, I'm not in alignment with this anymore. The whole fear of, oh, well, what are they going to think? It doesn't matter anymore. What makes me happy? And when you get in that place of you can be yourself fully authentically, it really, really is a game changer. So, I mean, also um, as a result of C2C, just developing more female friendships that are healthy and supportive and and things of that nature. So having my C2C uh, cohort sisters come to New York for my birthday was like a highlight. And two of them may be joining me in Paris for my birthday this year. So I'm like, where can you get that kind of stuff from? So it, it just helped me to really show up better as a woman. Um, I just am blown away because like I said, one decision to email you and say, okay, I'm interested in this program. I had no idea it was going to transition from mindset shifts, confidence, businesses, dating situations, sisterhood experiences. Just, I had no idea. So one basic decision 
has the opportunity to completely transform your life. I really don't know what I would have been doing if I wouldn't have done that. But I knew that I couldn't stay where I was, like on the couch in this empty apartment where I never lived by myself before. Like, what in the heck is going on? You know, I did all the right things. How did I end up here? So we have not been told the full story or the truth growing up. So it doesn't matter if you get this information at 50. I was, what, 38, 37 or something like that when I uh, joined C2C or something like that. But it doesn't matter. It's never too late. And you can always make your mindset shifts if you want it. Some people are still resistant to it. And that's okay. Everybody has their timeline. But if you truly want to change your life for the better, join C2C, get in the program, fully do the work. And I promise you, you're going to have so many like mindset shifts in uh, different areas of your life. Like women have reported making more money, which I did get a pay increase as well. So making more money you know, doing what they want to do because we are the sun, right? So it just has affected every area of my life. Girl, I was finna tell you to plug, like tell the people who are on the fence to join C2C. I ain't even had to do that. You you just did. I was going to say, hey, Rashana, you know, tell the people why they should join. But I heard you say, I never would have thought I would be here. Let me tell you something about you. I never... When you got on camera and you had them little doe eyes and quiet on the on them calls that we had, didn't know that you were going to be gung-ho passionate about helping women. You were helping women in the Facebook group for over a year, commenting, giving them advice, sharing your wins. Like a lot of times people go off and they start experiencing this love life. This great love life, you know, we don't really hear too much from them because they enjoying their life. But you said, I am coming back like Harriet Tubman and I am going to liberate more of my people. And I'm looking at you consistent a year doing this. And then I'm like, oh, she the one. I need to bring her on to Team Torah. And I know you were nervous. You didn't know if it was going to be for you, but I cannot imagine I cannot imagine having the team without you and your expertise and your fun. Y'all, Rashonda brings the fun in the group chat. She has so many different fun conversations and it's so enjoyable. I would say Rashonda took over for the month of May in the team tour chat, having a jumping that we had back there. So, um, and I am so happy that for my birthday, I saw you for the first time in person. I thought all of this time of knowing you virtually after knowing you from first Facebook, after being on Zoom in uh, Curve to Cuff, you know, you coaching and things like that, us being in the chat, like it was so amazing to hug you, to squeeze you and to love on you. And I'm so proud and I'm so excited for everything to come because everything you're getting is everything you deserve. You are worthy. You worked for it. And I'm really glad that I could have you on the podcast as an inspiration, as a source of encouragement. And that's my first guest ever. Milestone, Rashonda. Milestone. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. You know, I cried in Dallas. Y'all, I cried in Dallas when when we were supposed to say nice words to her because I was so overwhelmed with emotion. But you guys may think this is fake because we're on stage with her, but it's not fake. We have all been positively affected by by um, Tora and her program and everything like that. So it's just it's just so beautiful to see it all unfold. And if you're on the fence, seriously, you're going to spend your money on a trip. You're going to spend your money on so many things, but make the investment in your personal your personal journey. It doesn't even have to be about a man right off, but it's going to that's going to come as well. So I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you, Queen. And y'all, if you enjoyed this podcast, Rashana is going to be my special guest for the Hot Girl Summer Retreat. We have a session together. And when we talk about men adoring her, showing up for her, dropping gifts, investing in her, I think there was a man who paid for her your vacation and didn't even go. He just paid for you to go. And just emotionally allowing her to just be her in all of her woman. Y'all need to come to the Hot Girl Summer Retreat. 
she gonna be there and we're gonna have a conversation like this specifically about the bomb as experience because that's a part of you igniting the flame as the sun okay you're gonna want to be in the building i'm gonna put the link in the show notes buy your tickets it's june 18th be there or be square i love you Rashana. so tell the people bye-bye Bye-bye. That interview was fire, girl, wasn't it? Homegirl bought the energy that we all needed. She was real, vulnerable, confident, unapologetic about her journey. And best of all, the dating gym she dropped, it could have been picked up by anybody, not just plus size queens. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this particular episode, please show Rashonda and I some love by leaving a five-star review about your thoughts on the episode and what you've learned. So until next time, bye. If you thought this episode was dope and you learned from it, it would be amazing if you could take a screenshot, post, and tag me on Instagram at Torsense. I would absolutely love to connect with you over there. And if you're serious about leveling up in your love life, you gotta check out Curve to Cuff. It's my 12-week mentorship program for high-achieving women of faith who want to build a rotation of quality men in 90 days or less so they can choose their legacy partner in as early as a year. You can apply to join the next cohort at curvedtocuff.com slash details. That's curved, the number two, cuff.com forward slash details. I love to have you join the next cohort of C2C. And remember, never settle because you have choices. Choose how you want to love, choose who you want to date, and always choose to date with sense.